need to stay a hold of God's unchanging hand for sure this morning. Any prayer requests today? Dom's got a list of doctor's appointments this week, so remember that in your prayer. Anybody else? Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. Father, teach us, Lord, your will, your way, and direct our steps, dear God, we ask. Father, we pray, Lord, that you just anoint and touch each and every heart that's here today, each life, precious God. We pray, Lord, that they be filled with your blessings. Lord, those unable to be with us this morning, we ask you, dear God, just reach down and touch their hearts, touch their lives, dear God. Lord, those who choose not to show up, Father, would you just speak to them. Lord, help them to understand we miss them, dear God, we need them to be here with us, to help us, to encourage them and them to us. And Lord, we ask you, Father, bless the offering. Let it be used for thy glory, for thine honor and thy praise. And we'll thank you, Father, today, and we'll give you glory in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Page 436, 436.
know this morning that uh, we stop to think about how many folks are going to go to heaven they're going to get there because Jesus is our dearest friend the other side of that is <clears throat> and I don't know if there's going to be millions or billions or trillions only God knows exactly how many people has ever populated the earth but the Bible tells us that there's just going to be a few that make it there. And that few in comparison to how many has lived uh, is going to cut down on the number. But uh, I'm glad there's a robe my size made for me. I went and bought a hat the other day. Uh, or not a hat, but a harness. Tree harness. My wife didn't want me to go up in the tree stand without a harness on. and um, So I bought one. It says... One size fits most. I was glad, Brother Gary, this one fit me. But then a few days later at work, I got a hat that says one, one size fits all. It didn't fit me. And uh, I'll just be honest, my head's too big for that small hat. Not, not in the way I think, but it literally, um, you're going to have to have a small head for that hat to fit you. And it, so, uh, you know, I, I like the other one. One size fits most, uh, more accurately than one size fits all, because not all of us have the same size head. And, uh, you know, but when we get to heaven, there's a place prepared for us just for us. And it fits us. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. If I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. He's got a place for me. The Bible talks about those that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And my robe will fit me perfectly. Uh, he's the perfect tailor. And so when I get there, that's going to be a perfect robe. And it won't fit you. You'll have to have your own robe if you plan on getting a robe there. If you got your Bibles, go with us to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter. was here not very long ago. We'll be here again this morning for a minute. You would stand with us this morning. We're going to read starting in verse 1. Our key verse is in verse 3. 
but let's read verse 1 and verse all the way through verse 4. So then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hunger. And when the tempter, once you look at that word there, when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest that any time thou dash thy foot against a stone, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Father, this morning I thank you, Lord, for loving us and giving us the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house. And Father, I pray this morning, help us to do thy will, to deliver the word you put on our heart. In Jesus' holy name we ask and pray. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I know I read a few verses further down there. Uh, but uh, I wanted you to understand who the tempter was. The tempter is the devil. Uh, James tells us in another place, though, uh, we can be tempted of ourselves. And every man is tempted of his own lust. It's got to be something that's there. Can I tell you this morning, the devil knows what's going on in your life. He knows what, he, what you're thinking about, what your desires are. I think sometimes my desire to be a full-time preacher, uh, the devil likes to try to take that and help me if I can do it because I'm a manipulator, uh, try to give me a way to manipulate myself into that without fully seeking God out first on some t on things. And I'll start to think, well, if I can do this, this, and this, then, then, then I can get down there and we can be full-time. Can I tell you this morning, when I gets in the way, God has a problem working. I forgot again, sis. All right. Thank you. Hang on, folks. Don't never be afraid to say, hey, can't hear. But uh, the devil, he, 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 he likes to get in there and try to tempt me and help me because I have a temptation to get down here. But I need, to, I need to stop and realize this. In God's time and in God's way, all things will work out right. And that will be perfect for me and be perfect for you. Perfect for our family. And, you know, I don't know if or when it will happen, but I believe with all of my heart that it will. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not going to change that. Uh, but uh, I have a desire for that. But the devil likes to take things. So the first thing he did as a tempter, by the way, my message is don't give in to temptation. He tempted the Lord to make a stone bread to prove that he was the Son of God. I will ask you this this morning. Does the devil leave you alone because you're more religious than anybody else? I mean, because, I mean, just be honest with you. He went after Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all ways like as we are, right? But was without sin. 
He faced everything that you and I face in his life. I, I, I got to thinking about this this morning and last night and just thinking as I was studying in this. And, you know, we never think about Jesus growing up and, and looking at a girl and thinking she was pretty. We don't think about that. I mean, after all, he, he, he would never have thought that way, right? But the Bible says tempted in every way. You and I don't have a temptation that did not come his way at some point in time. But the Bible says he was without sin. He stopped the thoughts from going any further. He, he stopped the actions from going any further. I mean, he got mad, did he not? In the temple, the Bible says to anger and sin not. And we look at Jesus and say, how in the world could he go into the temple, see them doing the things that they did? And he chased them all out. Was that not sin? No, he did so in this aspect. He chased them from the temple telling them that his father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. But they had turned it into a den of thieves. You stop to think about that. Now, did he go out there and tell them how much of a low, down, no good, rotten, filthy character they were and how sinful their lives was and they were going to hell because they showed up and they did all these things? He did not take into there and go into their uh, personal lives and begin to criticize and ruin them in a personal manner. Instead, spiritually speaking, he said, you have defiled the house of my father. It's not supposed to be like that. When the devil come after Jesus, what makes you think he won't come after you? And I thought about this. I've got a few verses. I may not get very far today, but I'll try my best. But, but I thought about this. As life has been going on, the devil has tempted us to have less and less time with God. And God has instructed us to have more and more time with him. Now you think about that this morning. The temptations of our life have taken us further away from God instead of leading us closer to God. We look at the devil and we say, well, you know what, I'm not going to do that. He says, okay, but will you do this? The tempter is always out there trying to get you away from God, never trying to get you closer to God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto myself. Jesus is a drawer. The devil is a tempter. If you go over to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter five or chapter 3, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read you this verse. It says this, For this cause, when I no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by any means the tempter have tempted you, and your labor be in vain. The apostle Paul was inquiring there, and he's saying, You know what? I, I understand this. That the tempter is trying to stop you from working for the Lord. He's trying to stop you from serving the Lord. He's trying to stop you from getting closer to God. He's trying to stop you from hearing the word of God. He's trying to stop you from hearing the things that, that I've told you about. He's trying to stop you from looking at the testimony of my life and what I've lived. And He's trying to stop you from seeing Jesus... And keep you away from him. How many people don't show up at church because they were tempted to do something else. And they did that instead of 
going to church. I mean, people don't stop to take time to pray because they were tempted to do something else, and they did that instead of praying or reading or visiting. I, I could just tell you tonight, this morning, church, I, I'm not a perfect man by any means, and, and I'm not trying to say that I am, but I can tell you this morning, the devil doesn't want me here today. He said, don't show up. They ain't going to like hearing your voice. And, and you know, I, I promise you, if I was still what I believe contagious, I would not have been here this morning. But, but on the same hand, can I tell you this? I'll stay far enough away from you, you, if you're willing to stay away from me, that I won't give you a thing. But I can just tell you, the devil does not want us in the house of God. I'm going to tell you what about this sickness stuff. We all going to get sick or we're going to die. That's just it. Sister Pam this morning was right. I, I was waving at her. I said, I got a cold this week and, and I'm better now. But she, she goes, we're all facing that, you know. We're all going through this. And can I tell you the separation that we need to be respectful of? I mean, don't come around me if you got the flu. You got the stomach bug and you're throwing up. Hey, don't. I, that's fine. Keep it on your side. You just tested positive for COVID. Go ahead and keep it on your side. But can I tell you this? Sickness has caused the demise of the church in our country. Because now not only have people been sick, they are scared to death to get sick, and they've quit going to church. And the devil's right there in their ear every time they think, boy, I'm going to go today. And you might get sick. He ain't never said that to nobody going to Walmart. People go to Las Vegas and rock concerts and country concerts and they don't wear a mask anywhere. But man, don't show up at church. Might get sick. Now I'll tell you this morning, you don't show up at church, you're already sick. Sin sick. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to die one of these days. It may be a sickness. It may be a cancer. It may just be natural. And it may be just through the rapture. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, I'll either live here for Jesus or I'll go to hell without him. And sickness ain't going to play a part in that. But the tempter is always trying to tempt us to get away from God. He's tempted churches to not have services. It's true. And they quit having them. And then we wonder why our country's going the way that it is. Again, my Bible did not tell me to get further away from God, have less communication and fellowship with other Christians. As I go along in life, matter of fact, it just again, I know we know we all know the scripture, forsake not thyself to assemble together, but can I tell you this morning, the devil will distract you so you do not fulfill that scripture. But even the more, forsake not thyself the gathering together is like man, but even the more as you see the day approaching. Get closer, not further. Have more fellowship, not less. Go ahead and go to church a little more, not less. 
well, we can't have Sunday morning Sunday school because nobody wants to get up that early. Amazing. On my way down here, I pass churches where people are up early. I mean, they're at church. They're already there. And, and listen to me carefully. I'm not going to say they're all in the wrong mindset, but can I say this? A lot of those people are going to church early is so they can get out early, so they can go eat their food early, so they can get home and watch their TV early because they're not coming back to church on Sunday night. They don't want to miss the first start of the ball game. They don't want to miss the green flag. They don't want to miss their favorite golfer teeing off. And the pastors have said stuff like this. Well, they just don't want to come. And so if we start early, then, then they'll come. So what you're saying is, is you're trying to fit the schedule of God around the schedule of the world so the people will come in. And I'm going to tell you this. When you do it that way, when they get there, they're not thinking about church anyways. I showed up, I'm good, I'm going home. Go over to the book of Deuteronomy, 6th chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me read you a verse and then we're going to go back a few verses there. says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. Now think about this for a second. So I, I, I thought, what did we do? Well, let's go back here into the book of Exodus now, into the 17th chapter. In verse 1 it says, and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed through, uh, from the wilderness to sin after their journey according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim and there was no water for them to drink for, for the people to drink wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said give us water that we may drink and Moses said unto them why chide you with me wherefore do you tempt the Lord and the people thirsted there for water and the people murmured against Moses and said wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst and Moses cried unto the Lord saying what shall I do unto this people they be re almost ready to stone me and the Lord said unto Moses go up before the people and take uh, with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smote the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And, the, and he called the name of the place there Massa and Meribah, because of the children of because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now I want you to think about this for a second. God continuously done miracles among the children of Israel. God brings them out of the land of Egypt. God allows them to cross the Red Sea. God allows them to see great and wonderful things. And you go through the scriptures there. You get down through there further there. You can read more about all these things. But God is all the time supplying all of their needs. 
And every time they run into a rough spot, they say, is God here or not? Is God with us or not? And can I tell you this, church? When people begin to doubt the presence of God, they begin to leave and wander. Maybe not in the physical, you know, like separating, you go your way, I'm going this way. But their minds and their hearts begin to leave and they begin to wander. And the truth of the matter is God was always there. God was always present. And all they, what they really should have done was gone to Moses and just say to him, Hey, Moses, we're thirsty. Would you ask God to tell us where to go get some water? I mean, just think about it. Lord, you brought us out here, and I know you didn't bring us here to die. Would you tell me, am I supposed to dig a well, or do you got another plan? But instead, they asked the question, is God with us or not? When, when I read that, I thought to my, myself, how in the world, you know, a lot of times in the church, we never say, is God with us or not? We'll just say, this is what we're going to do. The devil wants us to drive this by ourselves. Because if we drive it by ourselves, we will crash it. God wants us to allow him to drive it. Remember, I said this. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And so all of a sudden, and I was told this in my ministry when I was a little younger than what I am now. Ernie, you've got to have the vision for those people. You've got to tell them what to do. You've got to show them. You got to. And I thought to myself, all right, man, I can do that. Next thing I know, I mean to tell you, it was a mess. Can I tell you why? Because this man listened to that man, and that man wasn't listening to God, and I wasn't listening to God because I my head was getting big over here what this man was saying, and I was trying to drive things myself, and it crashed. Now you can learn from your wreck, or you can just go buy another vehicle and crash it too. So I started seeking God and started praying and started asking God and started getting dogmatic. You know what dogmatic means? Standing firm. People call that dogmatic. Another word for that is stubborn. You're stubborn. Be stubborn in God, church, and you'll be all right. They start throwing stones at you when you get stubborn for God. Start ridiculing you. You ain't listening to man no more. You got to have a vision. My Bible says that God has the vision. I got to follow the Word of God. Where there's no vision, where there's no Word of God, where there's no following of the Holy Spirit, where there's no staying true to the principles of the Bible. The devil is constantly tempting us to try to get us to get away from it instead of hold on to it. When we find ourselves in a little, I would say this, in a little quarry, you know. Well, we can do this or we can do that, you know. But what about let's take time to see what God would have us to do. I, I, I'll be honest with you, church. I, I feel blessed that you've not fired me in the 16 years almost that we've been here. But I also feel blessed that I've not left. 
Because there's been times when I felt like you should have fired me, and there's times when I felt like I should have left. But you know what happened when I prayed and I asked God? He said, keep on keeping on. He sent a guy my way one time. I was sitting in the restaurant, and you've heard this. I was sitting there, and it was probably, it was a hard time for me. And somebody I'd never met in my life, didn't know me from Adam as far as I know, walked up to me and puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, he says, I believe you're a man of God. And God told me to tell you to keep doing what you're doing. Now you want to talk about putting yourself in a spot there. You're sitting in Furr's restaurant. You feel like nothing. And somebody comes by to tell you that God says you're something. Every time I get discouraged, every time the devil comes and tries to tell me what a flop and a failure I am because the church is not booming, that comes to my mind. And I remember, just stay the course. Just stick to the word. Just hold on to the Bible. Every time I think about the message that I'm going to preach and, and I think, well, somebody's not going to like that. It, it, I, I hear that same thing come to my mind. Keep doing what you're doing. What was I doing? I want to serve God. I want to follow God. I want the word of God to be preached. I want you and I to know that when we come to the house of God, we come here and God had something to say to us. And when we leave here, we can leave here knowing that what God said, whether I said it or not, but what God said was heard. But the devil does not want you to listen. He doesn't want you to think you need to change anything in your life. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He doesn't, he doesn't want me to get more, more involved in studying. He doesn't want me to get more excited about preaching. He doesn't want me to get uh, 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 singing and, and be happy about singing. Uh, it's just that way. He, he wants me to come to church and just humble through things. And when I say humble, I mean stumble through things and, and at the end of the day go home. Why? Because he does not want this church to be successful in anything other than failure. And we'll never fail as long as we follow God. The tempter, we know this, right? Is the thief. He's the devil. He come not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. In Psalm 78, it says this starting in verse 34. He said, when they slew them, and I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm picking up way down there, but he said, when they slew them, then they sought him. Or when he slew them, when, when God punished Israel, they sought him. And they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Now, look at that verse right there and you would say to yourself, man, they got things right, but look at, keep going here. Nevertheless, they did, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongue. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. 
when God punished them, they called on him. And they remembered who God was. This country is just like that. Oh, something tragic happens and people begin to pray all over the place. And, 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 and again, it wasn't very long ago, right, that a football player in the NFL collapsed on the field. They have to do CPR to get his heart going again. And the country is all up in prayer. Amazing thing, the next time the games come back, all those same people went to the stadium there. And I'm not saying a whole of them, but, but, but let's just say this. There was a whole lot of folks who was bowing their head that game and asking God to do things in that game. Got up there and got their booze, their alcohol, and everything else in the next game out, and they forgot all about God. The same people saying pray was out there using language you wouldn't want to be around. It happens over and over again, church. But God knows the heart. He said, and they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouths and they lied unto him with their tongues for their heart was not right with him neither were they steadfast in his covenant but he being full of compassion oh we're living in compassion time church forgave their iniquities and destroyed them not yea many times or many many a turn he his anger away and did not stir up with all his wrath. You know, we live day by day and hour by hour underneath the mercies of God. And yet God, I, I would say this, the devil went to God to tempt God and try to get God to tell, to, 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 to believe that he could get Job to turn against him. My Bible says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Devil had no chance in getting God to turn his heart, so he tried to turn Job's heart. Didn't work there either. He says, For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned their back, turned back and tempted God. And limited the Holy One of Israel. I want you to look at that verse. In Thessalonians it tells us not to quench the spirit. Here we find that the children of Israel in doing what they did. It said, yea, they turned back and tempted God. Can, can I tell you, you say, Brother Ernie, we're not supposed to. They were tempting God to destroy them again, to punish them again. You and I, when we live in sinfulness and we get up and we don't think God cares, we are tempting God to just go ahead and destroy us. Because why? The alternative to living an eternal life with Him is eternal separation. And you have to die to get to one of those two places. 
and they were just tempting God, do something about it. This world is living with an attitude of do something about it. Stop me. Prove you're going to stop me. So he said they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. What is it today that you and I might be doing or not doing that's limiting God's ability to work in our lives? You think about that for a second. We always think that God's going to do it, but let me tell you, God can do it, but we've got to be willing and ready for God to do it. James chapter 1, verse 12, Blesses the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Can I tell you this? The Bible talks about the trial of our faith, but God does not put evil before our eyes to be tempted of. The devil will do that. And we will do that because look at what he says. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. If you turn from God and go the way you want to go instead of the way God is leading you, it's your problem. It's your fault. It's not God. When God tries our faith, it is not there in destroying us. In other words, God is saying, listen, I believe you'll grow stronger through this, and I'm going to let you go through this. The trial of our faith, God is saying, I'm going to let you go through it because I know you're coming out on the other side. God will never say, well, let's see if you can make it through by yourself. The devil does that, but not God. We all know the scripture, right? I got a few of them towards the end there. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There's no temptation taking you, but such, is common to man, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God will not allow us to go through something he knows going to destroy us caused by him. God wasn't going to open the Red Sea so the children of Israel could go into the Red Sea and then drop all the waters to see if they could swim out. That's not the way God works. The devil works that way. So every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin bringeth forth, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father light, in whom there is no variables, neither shadow of turning. In other words, this, we can be drawn away of our own, but if we'll follow after the good gift, which is Jesus Christ, there's hope for us. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation, and they snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, 
faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Don't let the devil take you down the wrong road, church. Can I tell you, there are a lot of preachers who won't preach like this or won't preach anything in their church about sin because it means that people won't show up. And if people don't show up, they won't make any money. If you don't pay me again, I'll stay here till God keep, tells me to leave. God will make a way. God will provide. I don't have a doubt in my mind about that. There are some people who can't believe we've been driving down here for 16 years almost. I can't believe it either. But I ain't got no intentions of changing it right now either. I don't see any reason for me to change it. I don't feel like God's trying to tell me to go somewhere else. God's trying to say, Ernie, stay where you're at. Do what you're doing. Because you know what? As you all work together, I'm going to get the glory out of it. And when I no longer need it or need you there, I'll do what I need to do. I'm trying to get closer, not further. I want to be here more, not less. Why? I'm going to be honest with you, church. The more I'm here, the closer I feel to God. You know why? Because I'm less distracted by the world. You think about that for a second. When you're not in the house of God, what's got your attention? When you're not in the word of God, what's got your attention? If you're not, and I thought about this on the way down to this morning. If you're not watching preaching on the, on the television, what's got your attention? If you're not listening to southern gospel music or Christian music of some sort on the radio, what's got your attention? If you're not hanging out with godly people, what's got your attention? Read this last one, we'll close. I have a few more. Let me read this to you, though, and then I'll read one more because I want to get this last, the last of the ones there. Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto God. And he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When you push the tempter off to the side and you push temptation out to the side and you come back to God, God will abundantly pardon you. And by the way, when you think, and I've heard this say, well, if I don't do this, then it's just, I'm not going to survive. Here's, here's my verse. If you'll do everything God tells you to do and you will follow God, you will not lack of anything you need. We know this scripture. We quote this scripture. But we have a hard time sometimes absolutely believing this scripture. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply what? All your needs. Now listen church. He didn't say he'll supply all his needs. He got it all. 
but he will supply all of your needs according to whose riches? His riches in glory. Look at what it says, though. By Christ Jesus. You got to have the relationship and you got to be willing to follow if you want God to fulfill his word in your life. Listen to me. We expect God to do what God said he would do without ever doing what God said for us to do. We do have a part to play in all of this. We have a responsibility. And the devil wants you to think that God is failing you when you're not getting everything you want because if you get everything you want, then God's got to be, he, he's, he's doing it. Listen to me. The devil wants you to think God is a failure. God is not a failure. I fail, but God never fails. And if I'm lacking something, it's not because God can't give it to me. It's probably because I haven't sought it from God. You and I are blessed beyond measure, but we keep trying to measure our blessings based upon what we've got instead of who gave them to us. Just think about it this morning. Tempter says, don't come back to church tonight. Tempter says, don't come to the altar. Tempter says that I'm, I'm just picking on you. Tempter says, don't listen to that word. You don't need all of that. You're doing good. You've got it right. The tempter's always doing everything but telling you, get closer to God. That's what he does, church. My brother Don says, look the devil straight in your eye, straight in the eye and tell him he's a liar. Go ahead and do it anyways. Do it for God. Do it for God. Remember the children of Israel said that when he was he was their redeemer. He was their rock. They knew who he was, but they failed to trust and stand in those very things they knew. What will we do about it this morning? Would you stand with us? Father in heaven, today we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Ask you, Father, today help us, Lord, to do that which you'd have us to do and be that which you'd have us to be. Dear God, I ask you today to draw us close to you and one to another. God, make us strong in the power of thy might. Father, help us to be faithful, not because of anything I've said or anybody else says, but because of what you've said. Lord, I pray this morning that you just anoint and touch in a mighty and strong way. There'd be lost, there'd be saved, backslidden, and they'd come back to you. Father, every child of God desire to be closer to you today. We ask and we pray. We give you glory, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You have